0: we make of it shotgun wedding sometimes a first date requires paperwork a good omens fic written by charlotte madison and read by literarian chapter 43 the sky was blue today the kind of blue you imagine when you think the sky was blue Not too light, not too rich, not too deep, simply itself. I chased some ducks into the river for you. If I'd have known you'd like the triumph so much, I'd have started you on her sooner. Cannot fucking believe you talked me into a Vespa in the meantime. You do not look adorable on it, no matter what Tracy says or what faces I make. All right, I confess. You've got me emotionally invested in an animated series. Don't be smug. It doesn't suit you. Well, it does, actually. Every mood suits you. What I mean is that it doesn't suit me. Whenever I need a pick-me-up at work, from now on I'll just picture your face as I threaten to dog-ear that page. Thought I'd be sleeping on the couch for a week, but it was absolutely worth it. Yes, I know you don't like them, but this one's mine, and if it dies, it dies by my hand. I think the little flowers are charming. They're the colour you turn when I call you pet names in public. Didn't know I could love this much. You'd think enough faults would have knocked some bloody sense into me, but no. On I go, caring about you with frankly ridiculous abandon, thinking all day about buying your dessert. And I do mean literally all day. You, creme brulee, sum total of my thoughts. I do often wonder what my life might have been like if I'd been braver when I was young. But on reflection, I would never want to find out, because all my cowardice led me here, and here is where I want to be. Adam! I'm upstairs! Adam put the letters away and shelved their sweet-smelling cedar box in the closet. He knew he wasn't supposed to read Crowley and Angel's notes, but he read them anyway, and they knew he read them anyway, and that was how things were. He left their bedroom and clattered back down the stairs for another load of boxes. Crowley, in the kitchen, made all sorts of faces as he watched Adam swing around the newel post on the landing. Because... Crowley choked back his tenth be-careful of the morning. Adam laughed at his uncle. He was trying. There was no carpet on the stairs yet, which made them a risk. But also stairs were always a risk, and there were a lot of them in the world. Adam was allowed to make most of those decisions for himself now, since he'd turned sixteen, and he could see how it just slayed Crowley every time he made a choice Crowley wouldn't have. Which was happening a lot today, because the floors were still bare. But bare floors meant sock slides, at least until the move was done. Letting his momentum carry him right into the new kitchen island, Adam crashed onto the counter on his elbows, picking his feet up off the ground. What? Nothing, really. Crowley looked embarrassed behind his sunglasses. He was a little too focused on the utensil drawers he was messing with. Just didn't hear you for a while. I got distracted. Oh, well, fine. Didn't Aziraphale tell you to wait to do that? Adam grinned. Didn't you have several objects to carry? Crowley retorted. Pfft! Adam picked his way through the piles in the living room, where Wensley was sorting everything. There were only two boxes left that said AZ Closet, and he took them right back up to Crowley and Angel's room and in his peripheral vision, he caught Crowley biting his tongue again at least three times. He really was trying. Adam knew to be careful on the stairs was the thing. And Adam knew that Crowley knew that Adam knew, and they all knew everything by now. It was just a question of doing it. Deciding how much risk, how much worry, how much to say and not to. They were figuring it out. Besides, being careful on stairs was mostly about learning how to fall the right way. A few minutes and a few rounds of staircase roulette later, the purr of the minivan outside announced Peppa's arrival. Adam and Wensley pulled their shoes on and bounded out the side door. Crowley followed, rolling his sleeves up in the September heat. He was watching Adam's feet carefully, but Adam stayed on the grass, like always. Peppa popped all the doors and jumped out of the car. She was extremely proud to be the driver for the day. Everyone had their license, except Adam, but she was the one obsessed with cars and motorcycles. And planes and trains and speedboats and hang gliding. "'Nicely Tetris,' Crowley observed. "'What's Tetris?' asked Pepper. Crowley winced. "'Thanks for that. What have we got this time?' The van was perfectly packed, Every inch of cargo space filled up. That couldn't be Brian's or Pepper's doing, and it wasn't even very fell, so it had to be Brian's girlfriend, Leslie. It's mostly office stuff and Adam's room, and more books, Pepper reported. Not more books, Wensleydale moaned, wringing their hands dramatically. Pepper threw an arm around their shoulders and grinned. So many more books! Also, Mr. Fell said they'll come back for pizza break on the next run. That news cheered Wensleydale up. Pizza break cheered up everybody. And it was known that Crowley got the best pizza out of all the folks. The four of them made the monotonous journey from the van to the house Over and over, and then they bucket-brigaded the books, since they were so heavy. "'Hey, my desk!' Adam shouted happily. It had been buried at the centre of the carefully packed Honda. It was a relief to see his own boxes and furniture arriving at the house. Not like the goods had actually been gone very long, but still— Packing and unpacking made everything you owned seem brand new. Like a stuff-appreciation exercise. Adam couldn't carry the big furniture like his desk, but he grabbed his little nightstand and lamp, shucked his shoes in the hall and charged straight down to the basement. These stairs had carpet. The walls were already painted Adam's chosen dark green. The landing had a thin black foam pad on the wall that he could slam into on the way down, and he usually did when rounding the corner, because it was fun. Adam had a whole floor to himself now. Totally his. Crowley and Angel had to knock before entering. He wrinkled his nose and went to open the little high-up windows for some air. The place still smelled like carpet adhesive and paint. At the moment, the large open basement was mostly empty, except for the laptop and Wi-Fi repeater sitting pathetically on the floor, blinking away. And his new mattress and the bed frame leaned up against the far wall. It was actually Aziraphale who had pointed out that it might be time for Adam to upgrade from a twin to a full, and Crowley had agreed, though he'd turned a lot of interesting colours first. He was trying. This space was meant to be Adam's through the end of high school, through college summers, and possibly after, in case he needed to live at home between other things. Adam left the lights on and went back up to the living room. It was a little annoying how Wensleydell insisted on organising the boxes by their strict system, but then they were really good at it, too. That made it easy for Adam to run all his rediscovered stuff straight downstairs with an energy he hadn't felt yet that day. Meanwhile, Pepper drove back to the condo, Crowley ordered lunch, and Wensley padded down to the basement to help out. "'Where should we stack it all?' they asked. Adam shrugged. "'Wherever.' "'If you think about it, actually, you'll want them where you don't have to move them again for furniture,' they pointed out sensibly. "'So where will there definitely be no furniture?' "'Right behind the door, I guess. "'Heaviest on the bottom, remember?' I know, I know. Wensley! Crowley yelled from upstairs. Where are you? Adam laughed. There's there's gonna be a lot of yelling, where are you in this place? Adam's room! Wensley called up the stairwell. Come here, there's a heavy thing! Crowley shouted. Wensley trotted back up the stairs without hesitation, forever helpful. Adam was left alone with all his things, shuffled up and reordered by size and shape, which was a really weird way to sort belongings if you thought about it. And as had happened almost hourly during the move, he stumbled across a thing he just had to stop and look through. The box of photos was the culprit, of course. Adam leafed through one album and then another, thinking how funny it was that he had all these images memorized while he barely ever looked through the thousands of pictures in his phone. The most recent ones were in the little custom-printed book of Crowley and Angel's wedding photos. Adam had made it for their first Christmas, with Beau and Arwen's help. There was a copy upstairs in their bedroom, obviously, but Adam had printed one for himself as well. He liked remembering. He hadn't ever had this before, was the thing, two people romantically paired off in his household. That made the whole Crowley and Angel phenomenon fascinating. Adam had always watched them closely from the corner of his eye, recording all the ways they accommodated each other, annoyed each other, comforted each other, negotiated chores and schedules and meals and disagreements. Raphael wasn't Adam's parent. Neither was Crowley, really. Both he and Adam automatically corrected people who got it wrong, always clarifying his role. Uncle. As if he hadn't raised Adam himself. As if Adam had some other nuclear family somewhere that Crowley was on the outside of. As if Adam had any context for how uncles normally acted, where he had no other uncles, aunts, cousins or grandparents. Maybe it was just their way of reminding the world that mum had existed. One way or another, though, Crowley and Angel wound up being the only model Adam had, the beginning and the end of his experience with adult couples up close. Before they got together, he had observed the other folks, because he was naturally curious about people and relationships. But he never got to see them be couples. Brian's parents were barely ever in the same room, and when they were, it was loud and uncomfortable for everyone. Wensley's folks were nice and seemed to like each other, but either they didn't run so deep or they didn't let outsiders see that they did. Including Wensley. Arwen was affectionate and huggy in general, but Beau was very no-nonsense and not into PDA or discussing things in front of the kids, so despite spending half his weekends at their house for years, Adam didn't really know how Pepper's mums related to each other. And Beezus didn't want anybody around. Also, Beezus was the best. Adam didn't think that was the life for him, but he enjoyed knowing what it looked like. It felt totally different from the way Mum and Crowley had acted when they were single. Beezus didn't have any pieces missing from their puzzle, they'd said. At least not for now. Out of all of them, Adam definitely liked his own folks' relationship the best. So he looked through this little print-to-order wedding book often. The fancy suits in that ugly little room. The homemade cakes served standing up on cold grey concrete. Signing Bees's witness document. The card trick that would become a tradition. For Adam, revisiting the book felt kind of like going over his notes, as if to stay studied up for some kind of test. That was probably why he kept rereading their letters too. He knew it was sneaking. He knew they weren't for him. But he needed to know what they said. He wanted to memorise the details of how Crowley and Angel fit together, how they made it work. It was such a fracking relief they'd figured things out. For one thing, it took a hell of a lot of pressure off Adam. Wensley reappeared in the doorway. what do you find? Crowley had probably sent them down to make sure everything was all right. Adam waved them over to the book. Old pictures, look at this one. Oh my gosh, I've never actually seen Bees smile that big before. Nobody has, except Pepper. She got the shot when Bees wasn't paying attention. Mr. Fell looks nice all dressed up. Fell always dresses up. Yeah, but with the corsage and all, you can tell it's extra. True. Crowley looks like a hot mess. Oh, he was a natural disaster. Wish you could have been there. Why have I never seen these? asked Wensleydale, turning page after page in astonishment. I remember Pepper telling us all about it, but. Adam frowned. It was a fair question. Crowley and Angel were their folks, too. Well, um. At the time, it was kind of secret, and then I made the book of a winter break, and then I... forgot. Sorry. Wensley paused on the kiss photo, a two-page spread, three pictures. You don't see that so often, they said thoughtfully. Not like real everyday people, I mean. Maybe in movies or comics. You see straight people kissing all the time. Adam snorted. (laughs) Well, I see plenty of this. They looked up at him. Is that so bad? Their phones buzzed at the same time, and they reached for them immediately. The group chat was going off. It was the gaming channel. Without effort, without thinking... Adam and Wensley bowed their heads and dipped silently into another conversation for several minutes. Wensley's eyebrows jumped. That's pretty tough talk there. I can beat them, Adam said, still typing. And he could. He might not, but he could. I wouldn't bet on it. The phones buzzed again, And that was how they knew Peppa was back without even hearing the van. She was posting one of her signature gift chains, egging Adam on. Right on cue, the front door opened and the floor above filled with the sound of footsteps and chatter. Adam stepped away from the still unstacked boxes. Gonna take my turn real quick, then I'll come up. He crossed... So far, the new room was so big, to his laptop and sat against the wall, waiting for the computer to wake from sleep so he could play his hand. He had a reputation to defend against Azula Rising 303. Wensley headed up to join the kitchen conversation, where each voice in turn was muffled yet familiar. Raphael said something that made everyone laugh, and all the footsteps rearranged. There were lots of new sounds to learn in this old house, radiators and pipes and the creaking floor overhead. And shit, Adam muttered. His opponent was online now, and they'd taken their turn almost instantly after he did. Adam cursed again when he drew a terrible hand and found himself wishing he hadn't bragged quite so confidently in the group chat. He could take one more turn and then go up, he thought. And then he thought it again and again and again. There was a knock on the basement door, even though it stood wide open. Hey, Raphael said Adam, looking up guiltily. Aziraphale was dressed casually today, which meant the same as always, but without a bow tie. He looked even more rosy-cheeked and bright-eyed than usual, invigorated by the work over at the condo. "'I'm reluctant to interrupt, but... "'Yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm coming,' Adam set the laptop aside and stood up, shaking out his feet. "'Oh, no, there's no sorry about it. You know I read through the dinner bell regularly, and if you need a few minutes alone, by all means, take them. It's a demanding day.' He paused and looked around the large, empty space. "'I've been sent to ask whether—if you wouldn't mind, of course— Although if you do want some time to yourself, perhaps I shouldn't. Adam smiled and raised a hand to cut him off. Azir Raphael was always so careful about asking him for anything. What's up? Azir Raphael cleared his throat. Well, we certainly wouldn't want to invade your space, but as it happens, We have only two chairs and no table upstairs, and there's not much room to spread out, you see. So, if you're interested in the pizza coming down to you, with the admitted hazard of allowing Brian near your new carpet... Oh, obviously. Adam sat back down. Yeah, of course, bring everybody down. Sounds fun. My first party. The first of many, I'm sure. "'Yeah, tell Crowley to fire up the catcherator!' Aziraphale rolled his eyes. "'Oh, don't you start! You'll give him a coronary!' He vanished from the doorway to share the news. Of course Adam couldn't drink alcohol with his medications. Not any, not ever. That was the joke— but he was absolutely gonna have the crew over all the time. This basement was the new tree fort, even better than Pepper's place, and moving day pizza was an excellent way to break it in. Adam played one more hand and searched Giffy for oops, my bad, to do some damage control in the chat, and then the brigade started tromping down the stairs. All six, no, seven people, bees had stopped by. They lived just a few blocks away now, and Wensley and Pepper weren't much farther. It was a shame to be leaving Brian's neighborhood, but he had Leslie looking out for him now, so that was all right. Pizza boxes, paper plates, and sprawled 16-year-olds started taking over the floor in something resembling a circle. Brian had somehow been entrusted with the soda and the cups, which was an ill omen for the carpet. The two chairs were carried down for Azirafel and Beezus. In between them, Crowley plopped down in the beanbag that he had claimed for himself, on account of his ancient creaking bones or something like that. Everyone was there. Everyone was talking at once. It was perfect. Pepper scooted next to Adam with a plate piled high. Your toast, you know, she informed him. Pride goes before a spectacular fall. And then she ate a half slice of her pizza in a single bite. Brian was pouring root beer for a sceptical audience. Crowley frowned knowingly at the flimsy cups. You see now, he said, settling cross-legged on the very front of the beanbag. That's the way you break in a brand new carpet. I won't spill, Brian insisted, just as he nearly did. Fine with me, Adam called across the circle to Crowley. Baptise it. What about him? Brian asked, pointing an accusing finger. Aziraphale quirked an eyebrow. What about me? He has tea. He did, of course, with a saucer. Crowley probably had it ready the moment he'd walked in the door, even with the kitchen in pieces. Aziraphale smiled over the china cup at Brian and put his pinky up. My dear boy, if you wish to frame me as the likely culprit... It might be relevant to compare prior offences. Leslie bit her lip in dismay. Who has tea with pizza? she asked. fell said Adam and Crowley. Princess, said Beesus. Mr Fell, said everyone else. Beesus looked around the room. It's a lot smaller than I thought they said flatly. Adam looked around too. He didn't think so. Little old house, big garden, Crowley noted. It's not as if we need much space, Raphael added. There's only the bedroom and the office upstairs. We're putting a greenhouse in the backyard next summer. That way he'll sleep. Beezus looked down at Crowley and kicked him sharply in the thigh. Indubitably, Aziraphale replied. Meanwhile, Crowley was wetting up the pizza receipt into a little bowl, which he chucked at Pepper. Aziraphale glanced very seriously at Beezus and sipped his tea. You see what I put up with, he lamented. The paper bounced off Peppa's head, and she fired it back across the circle with interest. "'Hey! Be nicer to the volunteers!' she yelped. "'We're not even hired help!' She dove to the floor with a squeak and a giggle as Crowley nailed her again. "'What are you talking about? I hired you. With pizza, didn't I?' "'Pizza's not capital. I can't trade it for a movie ticket!' "'Bribe, then. I bribed you.' "'I I don't know. There's got to be child labour laws about this,' Brian said doubtfully. "'So Crowley hit him in the forehead next. "'The projectile made the rounds until it nearly landed in Aziraphale's teacup, "'at which point, with the lightning-quick reflexes of an experienced teacher, "'he intercepted it, with the hand holding the saucer no less,' and slipped it into his pocket. And that was the end of that. So you're getting a dog, right, Adam? Beezus asked nonchalantly. Crowley and Angel turned to glare at them, as if they had just turned traitor. Yes! Adam cheered. You already have a dog, Crowley snapped. I have a snake named Dog, now I need a dog-dog! Named Snake, asked Wensley. Nah, named Stay. No, 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 no. Who will take care of it when you leave? Crowley asked. Because the answer is not us. You can have a dog when you can take it away with you. Or put in cryonic suspension between visits. Adam saw the exact moment the actual thought of Visits and leaving landed on Crowley, dragging his moods down like a waterlogged fishing net. He was trying. He was really trying. He was respecting Adam's space and setting reasonable boundaries and doing all the right things, but still, Crowley only seemed completely happy when he could forget what part was coming next. Angel slipped his toes into the gap under Crowley's knee. He'd noticed, without thinking. Crowley wound an arm around his calf and kept on eating like nothing had happened. Then five phones buzzed at once and five screens flashed on and Adam was teleported instantly into another conversation where it didn't matter what his uncle was thinking. Everyone laughed together. Well, everyone in the chat, which wasn't actually everyone, Adam knew, but still everyone. Crowley and Aziraphale exchanged a look. Beezus blew a loud raspberry at all of them. A moment later, all five kids reared back at once with a collective Ooh! Ooh! through mouthfuls of pizza. Adam hid his face in his hands and grinned sheepishly. Pepper drummed on his arm furiously with both hands, cackling like a banshee. ''Help, I can't look away from that gif!'' Leslie gasped. ''That's a royal burn!'' <laughs> Brian laughed at Adam. ''Like 30-degree, you have no skill left!'' ''I did warn you, actually!'' Wensley reminded him, Adam toppled over in a dramatic faint, defeated, humbled, happy. Pepper poked at his corpse, looking for signs of life, Whatever transpired, I certainly hope Adam takes the lesson to heart. Aze Raphael mused, he handed his empty teacup to Crowley who stashed it under the chair for safekeeping. Doubt it. Beezus smirked. Wensley took pity on Aziraphale and handed him a phone. He stared at it quizzically, back read some, and then sighed. Eh. Well, I don't know what half of it means, but condolences. I understand it was a fatal blow. What happened was Adam talked a lot of trash and now he's being obliterated in witch hunt. Brian somehow explained while in the act of drinking root beer. Crowley reached up for the phone and Aziraphale passed it along. <laughs> Who are all these people? His eyebrows did the sharp Crowley thing that Angel liked. The letter said so. Adam liked it too, really, though he hadn't ever thought about it before he'd read it on paper. Adam sat up against the wall and kicked his legs out straight. That's just our gaming group I was telling you about. It's a private server, all people we know. Mostly from school, Shuo and Grace and Jasmine and Avery and some others I don't think you've met. Oh, right then. Crowley recalled. We played spellbreak with that lot on your birthday weekend, right? Crowley would occasionally game with them, um, mostly racers or melees he could pop in and out of between making treehouse snacks. He wasn't really into deck builders like Witch Hunt, unless they could play it with real cards. Yeah, that's them, said Adam. Plus, we added Brian's cousins in Buffalo. We let Mary in, too, Pepper chimed in. Sister's privileges. She's the only freshman allowed. Leslie leaned way over to point at a spot on the phone in Crowley's hand. That's my sister there. She's at UCLA now. Mmm. Crowley scrolled, snorted, scrolled more, snorted harder. Raphael looked to the heavens with an expression of patient resignation. Finally, Crowley laughed out loud, long after everybody else. Adam sighed. Folks, they just wanted to be included sometimes. Sorry for snooping, Crowley grinned, shooting the phone back to Wensley across the carpet. But seeing Azula rising nuke your ass from orbit was well worth it. Oh, that's Adam's friend from Boulder, said Leslie with a cheerful smile. Everyone froze. The room fell dead silent. Oh, shit, Adam whispered. Crowley's face was doing a thing Adam had only seen a couple times before. Not good times. Behind the sunglasses, his features had gone perfectly still, neutral and drained of all colour. No scowl, no grimace, no angry eyebrows, no nothing. Leslie squirmed uncomfortably. I'm sorry, did you dad not know about them? She said to Adam. (sighs) Mm. Crowley choked, and then he froze again, not breathing. The them all looked to Adam, distressed. Bees' eyes were wider than they'd ever been. Angel shifted from his chair down onto the beanbag behind Crowley, laying hands on his shoulders protectively. Adam's fists clenched and unclenched nervously. If everyone hadn't freaking reacted, he could have just played it off somehow, but now it was sort of obvious. He'd been meaning to bring it up, he really had, but not like... On moving day in front of everybody. Now it was going to be a whole thing. Although, come to think of it, he'd also meant to bring this up at Christmas. And over the summer. And on his sixteenth birthday. And his fifteenth. If Adam was being honest, he might have been putting it off. Crowley finally moved, reaching up to squeeze Angel's hand on his shoulder. He swallowed and started over again. His voice was shaky and guttural, interrupted by hissing air. Uh, 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 Uncle. Uncle. It took Leslie a moment to realize Crowley was correcting her, because he was still staring stone-faced at Adam. "'Oh, fuck, I knew that. I'm sorry,' she exclaimed, gesturing helplessly in his direction. "'Good grief, I totally knew that. Oh, man, I'm just... yeah, sorry.' Brian rubbed her back to reassure her, but Adam knew she would beat herself up about it for a long time. He wished she wouldn't. It happened all the time. It wasn't that big a deal. Angel was holding Crowley tighter now, kissing his hair, speaking low next to his ear. Breathe for me, darling. Breathe in. Crowley did, with a stuttering sound like a broken accordion. Uh, "'You found him, then?' he wheezed painfully. "'Them,' said Adam. "'You found them?' "'I... I mean...' Adam crossed his legs and looked at the floor. "'It's not like it was hard. Nobody else has that name.' He didn't want to come across desperate and defensive, but he couldn't seem to make his voice sound any other way. Besides, you said you keep tabs on their location anyway, so I didn't see the harm. No, I mean, it's no harm. I I, I just didn't think... Crowley stopped abruptly and clamped his mouth shut. Wensley drew little shapes on the carpet. Leslie had caged her face in her hands, still mortified. Pepper was hiding in her phone, typing rapidly. Brian appeared desperate to fix everything, even though it had nothing to do with him at all. Beezus looked like they were about to murder someone, and Adam was a little bit afraid it was him. How long, Adam? asked Aziraphale. A a while. Crowley started to thaw, but not in a good way. Mostly his hands were shaking, and that tendon in his neck was jumping. And you... You... you 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 He shook his head rapidly to get unstuck. Your friends. Hmm? Adam nodded. We talk, we game. They're doing great, so, you know? Yeah, they're fine. He'd looked them up the same afternoon he found out why they'd been separated. The afternoon of that very first letter, the afternoon of graham crackers and ice cream on the living room floor. He was curious, was all. He'd wanted to compare notes with the person in all his little kid photos at the playground and the pool and the sledding hill. Besides, if his dad had just up and vanished one day, if he'd ever had a dad, he would have had a lot of questions. And they did, naturally. It had been exciting to talk behind the grown-ups' backs without anybody knowing. A secret club. But now that Adam thought about it, he had no idea why he'd kept it a secret for so long. He had almost no secrets from Crowley and Angel. It was kind of weird, actually. And it was becoming clear that it was probably not what he should have done. Crowley shifted suddenly, leaning back into Angel's arms. He unleashed his legs and kicked over his half-empty lacroix. So the floor was baptized now, there was that. Leslie reached over and righted the can. It was so quiet they could all hear the soda fizzing where it had spilled. Adam held his breath until it hurt, waiting for a shoe, any shoe, to drop. Well, said Crowley tonelessly. All right. Okay. So... So there's that. And then he slumped. He looked finished. And small and hollow and defeated. Aren't you... Adam rubbed his palms up and down his jeans, staring, confused. Aren't you gonna do something? He thought. Crowley shivered and went still again. Nope, it's not... It doesn't really have anything to do with me, does it? Something was wrong. Adam felt a very large feeling rolling toward him. Angel spoke at last in a soft, burning, bladed voice. But it does. It absolutely does, Crowley. Crowley twisted his neck to look up at him. Not really. Not when you think about it. Adam can be friends with his friends. It's fine. You cannot go back to not knowing this, said Aziraphale, squeezing his bicep harder than was probably necessary. The line of Crowley's mouth pulled tight. Know a lot of things, Angel. You were told not to contact them, but it's another matter entirely if they want to contact you, Azira fell whispered vehemently. Crowley shrugged, or tried to, but he was tense and trembling, and it came off weird. Right, exactly. And, and, and that's the thing, is that if he'd, if they did, if they wanted to, then obviously they could have. So, that's that. The very large feeling arrived. And it went crunch. No! Adam shouted. No, no, that's not... They want to. They definitely want to. It was weird how much Crowley's voice changed whenever he retreated into grown-up guardian mode. It was like he had the power to just shut the door on his feelings. Suddenly he went all steady and stern, like he was explaining things instead of experiencing them. ''Adam, they might have said that, but they could have complicated feelings about it, because it's a complicated thing,'' Crowley said in a calm, parental tone. ''They haven't reached out for now, and that's completely fine.'' ''Oh my God, it's not fine, Crowley. It's definitely not fine.'' Adam got up on his knees, furious that he didn't have the words to explain it the right way. I can't even tell you, like, I mean, I should have told you. They kept telling me to, and I kept saying I would, acting like I had time, but I have no idea why I couldn't. It's okay. It's really okay, Adam, said Crowley, sitting up straight. But he was still cut off from himself, still being strong, and Adam hated that. It wasn't okay. It's not okay. But you shouldn't have to carry. I do. Adam's hands were making frantic scribbles in the air, trying to conjure an explanation. I don't know why I didn't say. I just was like... It was like a fun secret for a while, but I never thought it would seem like... For you, it makes no sense. I shouldn't have gotten the way... Adam. Because they're your real kid. Adam said thickly, through a wall of resistance in his throat. They're your... your actual kid. They're the one you were supposed to have. This whole time. Not like... just... Accidentally, not like, like, like... But Crowley was already up, already on hands and knees, already closing the gap between them. The sunglasses were off. Adam was gathered up swiftly in a long-known embrace, surrounded by the smell of a body that had held him before memory began. No... Crowley said fiercely. No, 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 no. You are mine. You are all the way mine. Don't you dare think that. Don't you ever. Sorry. Adam choked hoarsely. It's stupid. I know that. I know. I do. So I don't get why I couldn't. It's not stupid. I get it. Crowley settled awkwardly on one knee and rocked them both, clutching Adam close, and it probably looked really strange, especially to Leslie, but Adam didn't really give a shit anymore. This was no guardian veneer. This was the real thing. Crowley was here now. I will never, ever... Ever be her, he told Adam, his voice breaking on the last word. But you are still mine. Wiped your ugly ass too many times to count. Drove you every damn place, fed you all the damn time. Yelled at you to wear a coat and a hat. Let you puke on my shoes and braid my hair. Taught you to shave and cleaned you up when you bled everywhere. Saw you off on your first date. Even took you to fucking Disneyland. And I'm not going anywhere. Ever. Fuck, I'm not remotely coping with you going. And that's how you know you are mine. Okay. 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 Right. Okay. I fucking... Earned what we have, Crowley swore. And so did you. Okay, Adam whispered. Gosh. The feeling was really very big. Adam wasn't crying. Crowley wasn't crying. Nobody was crying at all. Definitely not Beezus. Not that crying was a problem. It wasn't. It was fine. It was just moving day. Excuse me, said Wensleydale. Will it keep Wensley? Raphael hinted under his breath. Actually, it's, um, relevant, they replied, sounding uncomfortable. Yeah, Pepper concurred. They're sort of yelling at us a lot, and they've tried to make three video calls already. Adam heard fell shift on the beanbag. Pepper, my dear, you... You weren't reporting this in real time? He asked, astonished. She shrugged. Some of it. Aziraphale gasped. You can't... Pepper, that is absolutely not... They're calling again, Brian interrupted. Adam pushed away just enough to see his uncle. One brown eye, one green. Both a little red at the moment. Um, hey, Adam sniffed. That's all good, what you said, so uh, thanks and sorry. And also, um, they... Definitely want to talk to you. They always have, since I first explained what happened. He squeezed Crowley's torso a little and hoped it seemed encouraging. The fear that Crowley had jettisoned just a minute ago caught up to him. But now it looked less like that horrible, awful rejection fear and more like stage fright. He was blinking a lot, and his jaw twitched. He sat down flat on the floor clumsily, keeping a hand on Adam's arm. Do you mean, like, now? They want to talk right now? Crowley asked.
1: Yes, Yes,
0: said Brian and Pepper. They even remember me. Oh, yeah, Adam nodded finding a corner of his smile again. ''We talk about you all the time. It's this unending soap opera.'' Crowley's upper lip curled. A familiar expression at last. ''Rude,'' he commented. ''What's a soap opera?'' Leslie asked Beezus. ''Um, so, update.'' Wensley cleared their throat and began reading aloud from their phone screen. They say, "'Guys, let me in, let me in, let me in. Adam, you idiot, I'm going to keelhole you. Oh my fucking God, Crowley is not allowed to think I don't want him. OMFG, I can't fucking believe you!' And then they mostly cuss for a while, and there are some skull emojis and some knives... I don't care if they're having a moment, tell Adam I'm coming over there to murder him with a pickaxe if he doesn't explain right now. Seriously, if you don't take my call, I am borrowing Dad's wallet and buying a plane ticket. Also, please note the pickaxe is rusty. It will hurt. The will is in all caps, and then there's some pickaxes and more skulls. Oh my God, Pepper, slap both of them so hard, please, right now, I'm calling again and you better pick up, you coward, somebody please, for the fucking love of God, tell Crowley. There were murmurs of acknowledgement all around. Crowley swallowed hard and bit his lip. He wore the extraordinary expression of a man suddenly offered a whole galaxy who wasn't sure where to put it or how to touch it without getting burned. Um, so that sounds like... there... you're saying I should... do this? Crowley asked, looking around the room. No script, no rehearsal, no warning, just... Go? Yes, yes, said the them in unison. Crowley looked over to Angel doubtfully. I don't know exactly how I feel about... He began. Find your fucking balls, dipstick. Beza snapped. They wiped their nose with their sweatshirt. Adam sniffed again and smiled weakly. "'I mean, it's apparently this or a rusty pickaxe death for me. Your choice,' he offered. "'Yeah, well, the pickaxe sounds like a you-problem,' Crowley muttered irritably. But then he arched back, turning his face up to the ceiling, anguished and hopeful and everything all at once— like he was silently pleading with somebody, something, and looking as vulnerable as Adam had ever seen him. Angel came to kneel beside him and put an arm around his waist, softly sharing the space and the silence. Suddenly, Crowley doubled over and put his face in his hands, growling in frustration. Oh, I'm gonna fuck it up. I'm gonna fuck it up. I'm definitely gonna fuck it up. But he'd said, gonna. The whole room flew into action. Leslie and Brian cleared the pizza and drinks away. Beesus pulled their chair up so they could snoop over Crowley's shoulder. Wensley pushed the beanbag next to fell, knowing the floor was hard on his knees, probably not realising that sitting in a beanbag might be worse. They meant well. Pepper dragged Adam's laptop her way and started typing rapidly, down on her elbows and knees. Adam spared a thought to wonder how she knew his password but then Pepper specialised in knowing things she shouldn't and forgetting things she should. Crowley was rocking and carrying on a conversation with himself about how the fuck this was even happening and what the fuck did he actually have to say to this kid? No, hang on, this person... Anyway, because, dear God, they were basically a fully fucking grown adult, and why was everyone right here fucking watching, and who had fucking invited them all? Raphael remained at his side, holding him and interjecting with quiet reassurances and mild rebukes. Adam went to sit on Crowley's left and grabbed his hand. It was cold and a little shaky, and Crowley squeezed his fingers painfully hard. Okay, here we go, Pepper announced, spinning the laptop around to face Crowley. She joined the them and beeses all clustered behind him, craning in for a better view as the fake phone-dialing sound effect played. All they saw so far was their own full-screen video, mirroring the tableau. Crowley and Angel in the centre, six faces crowding around them expectantly. Arms around shoulders and bodies pressed close to make room. There were a lot of people's hands on Crowley's back, support freely offered from every angle. Adam ducked over the keyboard to grab a screenshot. Moving day. By the way, you're extremely grounded, said Crowley. All of you, except Angel. Oh no, Adam protested half-heartedly. I'll have to stay in my awesome new room. Without any electronics... Aziraphale reminded him pointedly. You'll no doubt enjoy continuing your screenplay in longhand. An irrepressible grin overtook Adam, and a powerful gust of relief blew away every other feeling. Things would be different from now on. But they were always gonna be. That was just what things did. Whatever, said Adam. I have a pen. The sound effects changed. Someone was answering, joining the audio, connecting the camera. Crowley reached out and touched the laptop screen like he could feel right through it across time and space. They all leaned in as one, watching themselves. "'waiting to see something new.' "'Then Crowley gasped and shuddered, "'but the pain and fear had left his face. "'He was all wonder, all awe, all astonishment. "'His voice did not waver when he spoke. "'Warlock?' "'With one hand, Adam unlocked his phone,' And sent a message to Mum. Wicked! The end.